Update, brought to you by Simcox Advocates. Advising businesses and families since 1949. Visit simcox.com or call 690-300. Manx Radio's Update with Barry Redfern. Good evening, it's half past five. This is Update for Friday the 23rd of February from Manx Radio. Tonight, the budget. We hear about the Treasury's objectives and how those changes will affect us. But it didn't take long for the Chief Minister to be faced with a difficult question. And mental health workers are to return to emergency control room duties. More on those stories and more, plus weather, traffic and travel news in just a moment. Man Benham, for all your business and legal needs. Now, 29 minutes to six, the news headlines from Lewis Foster. First am I, Lewis. First am I. 19 people from the Isle of Man have been charged with drug offences as part of a police initiative targeting the supply of Class A drugs in the nighttime economy. Undercover officers targeted those dealing predominantly in or around licensed premises between July and November last year. The Treasury Minister has been defending his financial plan for the year ahead as it's scrutinised by other politicians, businesses and field experts. Alex Allenson insists it's a budget for the Isle of Man which feeds into goals set out in the government's island plan, but there have been calls for the budget process to change. And the former Education Minister says the Chief Minister probably won't be able to count on her support in the future. Julie Edge believes there were a lot of underhand operations surrounding her sacking from the Council of Ministers earlier this week. In the international news, a convoy is moving an unexploded bomb through the streets of Plymouth, where thousands of residents have been evacuated from their homes. The army has described this as the most dangerous part of the operation, with their main concern being the condition of the fuse. The device is being disposed of at sea. A cat killer obsessed with violence has been convicted of murdering a man she lured to his death after a night out. 26-year-old Scarlett Blake attacked her victim in Oxford and left him to drown in a river. And Alexei Navalny's mother has been told to agree to a secret burial for her son within hours. The Russian opposition leader's spokesperson says if she doesn't comply, the Putin critic will be buried at the Arctic prison where he died last week. Those are the headlines. I'll be back with the news at 6 o'clock. Secure tomorrow today with Man Benham's guidance on powers of attorney and more. Thank you very much, Lewis. Manx Radio Weather with Manx Glass and Glazing. And tonight and tomorrow, showers will remain isolated. Winds will become light, leading to a ground frost in many places tonight. However, tomorrow we'll see sunny intervals again. The outlook, a touch of frost tomorrow night and then dry and bright on Sunday with slowly freshening east or northeast winds. Sunset... Uh, just a little bit later from now, 5.43, and uh, sunrise tomorrow is at 7.19 in the morning. High water today at uh, 11.29, that's at 6.1 metres, and low water uh, tomorrow at 5.34 a.m. 
That's uh, at 1.5 metres. Manx Glass and Glazing are proud to be an approved contractor with Construction Isle of Man. Call the team on 674-573 or visit the showroom on the Snugborough Trading Estate. It's been a few days since the Treasury Minister unveiled his plan for the financial year ahead. Today, however, representatives of Tinwald and Manx businesses came together to debate the Pink Book in Manx Radio's 2024 Budget Special. And it didn't take long for Chief Minister Alfred Cannon to be faced with a difficult question. This from Unite Union's Debbie Halshaw. While I represent, there's been 600-plus Local businesses have shut because of the strains and you have done nothing. So while you sit there and say you've got the finger on the pulse, you certainly haven't got it from where we sit and from our members. And to be honest, the question that's been rising is, when are you going to resign, Chief Minister? Well, thanks. nice to hear a union boss uh, really recognising the, uh, the optimism that is actually out in, in the island because we've got 700 more people on the employment register. Income tax receipts are up. We've got an extensive building programme going on across the private sector. We're changing the outlook for the public sector by creating the housing association. We're developing our brownfield sites. Many of your members who are earning, and we've seen good wage increases across the public sector, which have outstripped the private sector, by the way. We've put away the strikes. We've recovered the education sector. We're off the uh, hindrance of working time and work to rule. We've recovered the situation. We're away from strikes in the healthcare sector, and we are improving and delivering this island. What we need to do is to ensure that the unions are contributing efficiently and effectively. And I thank those unions that have acted positively alongside to help us resolve some of the uh, the negativity that that existed. So we've taken the island forward in a huge number of areas. And we can see from this budget that we are supporting the lower paid in society and helping them overcome some of the cost challenges that exist. So this government has been delivering. It's been delivering for two and a half years and it's going to keep on delivering for the next two and a half years. So let's have a look at the budget. Ensuring enough taxes raised to meet the island's needs, having a fair and equitable tax system and complying with international tax standards. Those are the three main aims identified by Treasury in its 2024-26 tax strategy. Sean Cowper reports. As well as the three strategic objectives, the document sets out seven priority actions for the next two years. They include implementing a minimum effective tax rate of 15% for multinational enterprises, addressing fairness in relation to national insurance and future incentives to promote productivity and increase the economically active population. The review, which is the first since 2016, says Treasury will not introduce new taxes on capital or wealth, but will investigate ways to broaden the tax base. It also states Treasury will work on a new levy on income to provide ring-fenced revenues for the health service, with a view to completing the legislation by December this year and applying it for the 2025-26 to financial year. A consultation on incentives to promote growth of the economically active population is scheduled for winter 2024-25, to with the political decisions due to be set out in next year's budget. The strategy will also retain the existing personal income tax system, minimise the need for increases to personal taxation and monitor the benefits of the tax cap. 
The document will be laid before Tynwald next month, when Treasury Minister Alex Allenson will ask the court to back the inclusion of the priority actions within the department's annual plan. You're listening to the Isle of Man's quintessential daily news and current affairs roundup. Update on Manx Radio. And the time now, 22 minutes to six. The NASUWT is hopeful that the new education minister will work with teaching unions on the island. Local negotiating secretary Geraldine O'Neill told Mike's Radio they're still in talks with the department, which will now be headed by Daphne Kane. It follows the sacking of former minister Julie Edge earlier this week. Obviously, I don't know the reasons behind that. That's between the Council of Ministers, the minister and the chief minister. So I couldn't possibly comment on that. All I will say is that I hope whoever takes up the mantle, and it shouldn't be the individual, the same as it's not the individual who represents a trade union. It is the policy driven forward for the future that we will all be on board to work together and whoever that is in that role, they should be working with the trade unions, with all of us collectively and the departmental staff. And that's what I'd hope to see for the future. Right. And my last question is, how is the negotiations going between the NASUWT and the department? We're still in pay negotiations and I can't comment any further on that because we're waiting for views back from our members as to what they would wish to do in the future. Mental health workers will be reinstated to work in the Emergency Services Joint Control Room again later this year. Tessa Hawley reports. The Department of Health and Social Care has confirmed a new pilot scheme will start in April after a previous initiative in 2017 wasn't adopted as normal practice. Members of the crisis team will be based at the ESJCR at police headquarters between 4pm and 8 p.m. seven days a week. Laurie Hooper is the minister. The intention is that this pilot will be evaluated by the multi-agency governance process towards the third quarter of this year. This evaluation will then determine how we progress with any more permanent implementation. Last year, government was encouraged to review its decision to end the original pilot scheme by His Majesty's Inspectorate of Constabularies and Fire and Rescue Services. Inspectors were complementary of the Mental Health Police Liaison Scheme, which saw nurses working in the custody suite giving advice and support to officers and the public. The report highlighted that the Department of Home Affairs had rejected a business case from the Isle of Man Constabulary in 2020 to make the scheme normal practice. As a result, mental health nurses moved back to Mananin Court and the use of powers to detain people with mental ill health in public increased. In Timor this week, Mr Hooper told his political colleagues that whilst the previous scheme had proved beneficial, there was a lack of formal structure, policies and procedures. This, he said, had caused some difficulties at an operational level. Sea Watch with the Isle of Man Steam Packet Company. And uh, everything seems to be more or less on time. The uh, departure to uh, uh, from Hesham um, left on time. Expected in Douglas just a few minutes later at seven minutes past six. And then... Uh, The departure from uh, Douglas, expected in Hesham, half past 11 on time. So that seems to be going quite well. Follow the Steam Packet on Twitter for the latest sailing information. 
FC Isle of Man's manager insists the bubble hasn't burst after his team's four-game unbeaten run was brought to an end last weekend. Ahead of his team's trip to Kendall Town on Saturday, aside the Ravens earned a late draw against last month, Paul Jones maintains confidence and belief in the squad remains high. Our aim is to get as close to those playoff positions as we can. Everyone beats everybody in this in this league and so many teams above us in the league or around us have got lots and lots of games to play that in a very congested period really so in the last kind of six weeks or so of the season so anything's still still up for grabs so we 100% want to go up against Kendall and, and acquit ourselves to the best of our ability. We we pushed them close when they came to the island not that long ago and felt that you know we could have got more out of that game and yeah it's really about you know keeping that the positivity going um, the momentum going in terms of our level of performances you know we have to really really push hard to, to close that gap between where Kendall are and where we are and, and Saturday's a great opportunity to start to do that we felt we did more in that game we could have got more in that game you know they've scored with one of one of the few opportunities that they had certainly drawing the game in the manner that we did I think has helped us push on to these you know the run of four games after that it, it was really important that we got something out of a game and kept playing through to the the final whistle there'll be very different circumstances this weekend the weather in England like on the Isle of Man hasn't been amazing at the beginning of the week and Kendall's pitch will be heavy and that will dictate how we play and how they play to a certain extent so I don't expect the game to be a free-flowing fast-paced you know football game with the ball on the deck it's going to be a little bit like Presswich the other week and Paddyham a few weeks before that where it's first balls second balls getting balls into good areas and then having a bit of quality when it counts so we know we can match them we know we've got good enough players to give them a real test and, and it's about getting our plan for Saturday and then the execution of that plan on Saturday right and and we'll give ourselves a really good chance. Manx Radio Business Briefing. And the UK and European stocks close higher, extending positive momentum after the pan-European benchmark finished at a record high. The US dollar index was on track for its first weekly fall in 2024 as investors took a breather from buying the currency following an almost two-month rally. Oil prices fell and were on track for a weekly decline after the US central bank indicated that interest rate cuts could be delayed by at least two more months. Gold prices rose and were on pace for a slight weekly gain buoyed by a softer dollar and safe haven demand from escalating tensions in the Middle East. Hornby surged today after Mike Ashley's Fraser Group lifted its stake in the model train maker to 8.9%. Fraser's bought just over 11.1 million shares in the company, taking its total holdings to just under 15.2 million. The Stock Market Report, brought to you by Ramsey Crookall. And at the close, the FTSE 100 was up 0.28%. That's at 7,706. The DAX, 17,419. That's up 0.28%. At uh, 5 to 5, the Dow Jones was up 0.34% at 39,201. The S&P 500, 5,092, up 0.28%. Uh, 11 and the Nasdaq uh, 16,011 that's down 0.19. Exchange rates the pound against the US dollar 1.268 and against the euro 1.170. Commodities gold is up 0.7 percent and Brent 
sorry, uh, gold, I should add, is at 2036. And Brent, 81.84. That's down 0.94%. I'm running late again. Do you know where I put my car keys? In the fridge. Where's my phone? Under the dog basket. Bye. You haven't forgotten that we're seeing Ramsey Crook all later? Oh, um, no, of, of course not. Um, 5pm, is it? Quarter to three. I'll be there. Life is busy. That's why Ramsey Crookall's team takes time to help you make a mindful investment decision. Considering all the options, giving you full control of your financial future. Less stress, more assurance. Forgot to put my shoes on. Oh. See how we can make your money work for you. Call 717171 or visit RamseyCrookall.com. Licensed and regulated by the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. 14 minutes to 6, you're listening to Update, coming to you live from Manx Radio. Manx Concert Brass has become the first band from the island to compete in the top section of a regional competition. Members are heading to Blackpool to take part in the Northwest Regional Championships this weekend. Ian Clark, MBE, is leading the band. If you want to use the analogy of Premier League football, we've, we've been promoted to the Premier League and we just like to get a, a decent enough result to uh, just to consolidate our position. It is pretty elite. There's only 12 bands in the entire section. But um, frankly, any result, as far as I'm concerned, is a reflection that it's, uh, of the win we've got to actually get there in the first place. So all we can do is, is just go out there and play to the best of our ability get the music out of the piece uh, and hope that we can impress. Yeah, we're, we're, we're under no illusions. It is top-class playing that's needed. Some of the people we're, we're playing against, you know, they're actually professionals or semi-professionals or they're studying at uh, places like the Royal Northern College of Music. And I think that's the point to stress, though, is that as an amateur band, you're there with the likes of these professionals and you're right up there with them, flying the Manx flag. Well, you know, we went on this trail. We never thought we'd do do as well as we've done over the years and that's really really what counts and we'll just have to see what life is like at the highest level but we'll certainly give it our best uh, and we, we hope we won't let anyone down at all manx radio travel driven by keyside tires and service center well first of all the uh, flights and they're all on time well that's excellent news so it leads us now to the roadworks and in Douglas on until the 27th temporary lights on Crosby Terrace near the Dukes Road Junction and until tomorrow temporary lights towards the bottom end of Summerhill for gas repairs until the 5th of April temporary lights on Brighton Terrace at the Mount Bradder Junction 24 hours a day for gas replacement. And until November this year a section of Switzerland Road is closed for construction work. Annika, the stop-go boards on Annika Lane near the Heron from 9.30 in the morning to 3.30pm for the removal of road markings will be on until the 1st of March. And in Onken until the 29th of February, temporary lights on King Edward Road between Groudel and the A2, 24 hours a day. Finally, uh, Baldrine until the 1st of March, temporary lights on the main road just to the north of the Liverpool Arms for work on the tram crossing. Keyside Tyres and Service Centre with one year's free engine warranty from Castrol. Get more with Keyside. Manx Radio Sport. 
And it's Fast Am I, Rob Pritchard. Fast Am I, good evening. Starting with football and a pivotal match in the battle for the title in the Canada Life Men's Premier League is among the Isle of Man football fixtures taking place tomorrow. Premier League leaders Peel host second-placed Air United, who are three points behind the Westerners but have two games in hand. Manx Radio's football correspondent Tony Meppen was asked how crucial this showdown could be in the title race. It's huge. Two sets of players that are just concentrating on one thing is to win the league. And I think if someone wins this, then it's a little bit of advantage to them. Meanwhile, Saturday's Isle of Man rugby fixtures sees the 2024 Manx Cup get underway. Vagabonds will face Ramsey in the opening tie of the competition at 2.15pm at Balla Fletcher tomorrow. When the two sides met in the competition last year, it was Ramsey who ran out comprehensive 30-0 winners at Morag Park. But Manx Radio's rugby correspondent Dave Christian thinks circumstances this time around could make things different. Vagabonds are playing a little bit better. They're challenging for promotion in their league. And Ramsey, by contrast, haven't had a brilliant season. So it'd be interesting to see whether Vagabonds' regular league action has given them a slight edge on the field. Elsewhere, there will be one clash in the Manx Shield, also at 2.15pm, as Southern Nomads host Western Vikings at Balakilia Park. Finally, after a break last weekend to mark the halfway point of the season, the second half of the Isle of Man men's and ladies hockey campaign takes place this weekend. Among the significant clashes, men's Premier League rivals Vikings A, the current leaders, face backers A, the defending champions. Just how crucial could the outcome of this be in where the men's top flight title goes? Here's Manx Radio's hockey correspondent Ben Cunningham. Vikings A are currently top of the league. They remain unbeaten. Backers A, of course, have dropped points. Backers A know that if they lose this weekend, it drops the chance of them potentially clinching that title and could hand things over to Valkyrie, who could soon become Vikings A's nearest challengers. Update, brought to you by Simcox Advocates. Farmers on the Isle of Man are encouraged to ask for help to tackle loneliness and mental health issues that may arise while at work. It's part of the Farm Safety Foundation's campaign, hoping to tackle well-being issues in the agricultural sector. Manx Radio's farming correspondent Kirika Mode says while the farming industry is amazing, it can also be very lonely and tiring. There is a lot of people under pressure, in particular this last year, we're governed by the weather. It's totally out of our control and that can impact on so many areas, your mental well-being, your cash flow, your animals, your crops failing, your yields. It, it all comes down to how your farm develops and progresses. And I think... The awareness that a lot of these campaigns are making now, the the Farm Safety Foundation, it's not a taboo topic anymore. There is farmers on the island that are reaching out and and supporting each other. And it's good to see that. And hopefully that will grow and and the people can can talk and not feel embarrassed about about their problems or it's not even a problem you know it's a situation that can be changed it is a very lonely job it can be like the best job in the world but also it can be the worst at times and certainly at this time of year when there's an awful lot of workload given the weather conditions and the monotonous grey and misery and sometimes you're there on your own and you're doing the same grind day in day out for months and you're seeing the same things or doing the same procedure it can get really quite uh, stressful or you become quite low in your, your own self-esteem but it's the, it's the hardest thing to ask for help you know who do you turn to what can you do and I know there's lots of different organizations out there that, that can help and this week we have just seen the um, Farm Safety Foundation have their 10 year, 10th year celebration of um, mind, the Mind Your Head campaign and it's, it's aimed at farmers in particular uh, done through the National Farmers Union um, because there were so many accidents within the farming industry and it 
it was impacting their insurance. So they set up this campaign called the Yellow Wellies, which is basically who will fill your boots if something happens to you on the farm. They are there at the end of a phone. They're on Facebook, on social medias. Here on the island, there's, there's lots of charities that can help and, and support. It's just a case of maybe having access to the internet and having a look. Six minutes to six. A safety notice has been issued by the UK's Marine Accidents Investigation Branch to the owners and operators of beam and scallop trawlers. The move follows two fatal accidents aboard aboard UK vessels in which chains in the dredging gear quick-release mechanisms failed, leading to fishing gear falling onto crew members working on deck. The most recent incident occurred aboard the scallop dredger Honeybourne 3 off New Haven on the 6th of October last year. Rod Loder, the Principal Inspector for the MAIB. The two accidents that we've referenced in the bulletin are actually on relatively large vessels approaching 30 metres, but the quick-release mechanism that fell is found on smaller vessels and, and you do see them on the fishing vessels, particularly the scallopers are operating around um, the Isle of Man. You know, it's a tough industry to work in. The gear is withstanding the elements of the wind and weather. So, you know, failures can happen and we're calling on fishers to inspect their gear and make replacements and uh, changes to make the gear safer. And would the issue be clearly identifiable through a, a visual inspection? Not always. In this particular case that we're reporting on in the bulletin, um, some cracks were visible in, in similar gear, so it can be seen. But very often, uh, fishers have to lower the gear to, to have a good look and they might well require specialist assistance to actually confirm that the gear is safe. Corrosion is always a factor um, in the fishing environment. The loading on on these uh, safety chains and gear is quite complex and the investigation is actually going further into are the the chains etc appropriate for for the use they're being uh, subjected to but corrosion is a factor but also fatigue you know wear wear and tear through the uh, length of the equipment's life. And this safety notice has been issued on on the back of two tragedies involving trawlers and I think uh, two fatalities on separate boats. Yeah, two poor fishers died on uh, large scallop and beam trawlers over the last three years and we're calling on changes and the, and the industry to get behind it to protect the fishermen. And as you, I think you mentioned earlier, fishing is of course a very dangerous business but I suppose the aim of, of these kind of uh, messages to is to mitigate the problem wherever possible. Yes indeed, I mean all hazards can be analysed and risk assessed and there's always a mitigation to make things safer. And that's it for this evening. From today's update team, newsreader Lewis Foster, producer Amy Griffiths and myself, Barry Redfern. Have a good evening.